Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host here where our topics are always about how you can live a better life by changing your thinking. Your thought life is the biggest factor for how you experience the world, both for the good and for the bad. Today, I am so excited because I have an interview with the co-author of the book, Think Wrong. His name is Mike Byrne. Today on the Mind for Life podcast, he is going to teach us the six steps to think wrong. And really, it's about changing your thinking and changing your life. It's a great interview, and I want to encourage you to stick around to the end where I give my top takeaway. Before we get started, I want to mention just a couple of things. First of all, We do have a free resource for you on our website, mindforlife.org. It's a communication course that helps you to learn how to listen better. Listening is the most important part of our communication, and it is an incredibly critical skill to learn. So head on over to mindforlife.org, sign up, and you can download that absolutely free. Second of all, I want to mention our sponsor, Bluehost.com. Bluehost is a web hosting service. And after personally having tried out some other web hosting services, I found Bluehost to be the absolute best for what we do. They've got a great technical support program. Their user interface is easy. Mind for Life is hosted by Bluehost. And if you're interested in starting a website Uh, a blog or a podcast, Bluehost can meet all of your needs at a very great price. Check them out. Visit our website. We've got a special deal available. Click on the link at the top at mindforlife.org. Okay, so now on to our interview with Mike Byrne. All right, we are here on the Mind for Life podcast today. We have a very special guest. His name is Mike Byrne, and he is the co-author of the book, Think Wrong. He is also a partner at Future Partners and currently teaches Think Wrong practices to clients all around the world. Mike, welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're more than welcome. Excellent. Well, let's just get started. If you would, tell us a little bit about Think Wrong, and if you could explain the concept for our audience, that would be a great beginning point. Sure. So um, we work with uh, clients from individuals to huge multinational organizations and we find that there's um there's a kind of a, a common theme through all of those people that when they want to make change or when they want to even create ideas to make change um they have a problem um and we, we kind of identified that there are two main problems that prevent people um making change and leaving the status quo mm-hmm. um and they are biology and culture um the first one, kind of, uh, you know, I know you have a lot on your podcast about is that the idea that, you know, as humans, 
we're really good at uh, learning how to do something. You know, nobody kind of woke up this morning and said, you know what, I need to Google how to brush my teeth or Google how to put my pants. That synaptic connection is in our brain. Um, you know, it enables us to operate in the world, and that's a very good thing. The problem is when we want to do something different, we've all, we already kind of halfway to solving the problem, you know, biologically in our brain is there before we even listen or even challenge what that problem is. It's just like, oh, I know how to do it. Right. It's done. Um, and then the second part of that is that's how everyone else's brains are working too. So if you try and make a change in an organization, everyone's brains are working the same way and collectively we have heuristics, we have biases, we have orthodoxies, and they're going to stop the change too because everyone's just doing that and snapping back to status quo that works inside their organization or inside their culture or whatever it is. Um, and that and, and that prevents change. So what we did is we, we realized that this is happening um, and we uh, created six practices. And they are three practices. It's something that's going to be worked on that will help um, you know overcome those biological traits and those cultural orthodoxies that will enable us and permit us to make the changes that we want to make uh, in our lives or in our organizations. So you're saying that the practices actually help to cause us to think differently. Is is that what you're what you're saying there? Yeah. So we have six practices. Um, I'm kind of going to say them in a sequence here, uh, but they can be used you know individually or. Um, in, in any order, really. So we talked about be, be bold is the first one. And that's really about setting the aspirations of, you know, what you want to do, why you want to do it. Um, you kind of think on this earth, we, we kind of have a limited number of breaths that we can take. So when we're going to do something, you know, is it worth your personal capital in doing it? You know, um, right. So that's kind of be bold, setting that bar high for ourselves. Because the natural tendency, again, you know, biologically and culturally, is to bring it back to the status quo. Right. So the first thing we have to do, we have to actually force people to say, okay, what is the bold thing that we're going to do? You know, why does it matter? What's the moonshot idea here that you want to do? And, you know, you've got to stretch it out there because it's going to get pulled back in. So if you start by something incremental, something small, it's just going to get pulled back to, um, you know, just back to the status quo instantly. Right. Um, the next, yeah. So the next practice is getting out. Um, and this, this, the idea of this one is that we just want to create serendipity and create inspiration from, from the unexpected. Um, so, you know, everyone's had that feeling of getting back from work in the evening and not remembering your drive because the brain's just on autopilot. Right, right. It just tunes things out. You know, we've all had that. And again, that's kind of, the brain's really good at that. It's just, taking through that motion, you, you know, you're off somewhere else. But then when you go on vacation to a new place, you're like, brain's alert. It's firing, it's listening to the colors, the, you know, or listening to new sounds, it's taking these new colors, and it's just really open and receptive. So through the get-out practice, we, we try and encourage people to be inspired by, um, by something unusual, something that's different. Um, so, you know, if people are having a meeting, it's like, don't have a meeting somewhere other than your office because, you know, you just go in there and you know what it is and your brain just tunes it out. Right. So we're going to go and have a meeting outside in a park or 
in a co-working backyard. Uh-huh. That's going to be totally different. Your, your brain is just in a different place. Right. Um, so what you're saying is like the context or the environment, when it is familiar, it prevents you from thinking a little bit differently than you're used to. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll, if, if we run an event, you know, we'll have, we, we had a whole bunch of CEOs. It's like, we know the kind of space that CEOs exist in. It's, you know, the Hilton Intercontinental Hotel and in these rooms, you know, you know, kind of everything looks like the BA lounge. Right. So, you know, it's not where they live. So we'll say, okay, we're going to have a meeting, but we're going to take you down a back street in Soho, New York. And we're going to take you up this weird stairs. And they're like, where the heck am I going? What's going on here? Now they're already receptive. Right. So it's like, you've got to create that. Uh, you know, it's kind of an artificial creation, but you've got to do that. And you can do that in your, you know, pick a different route to work. Uh, you know, go to a different restaurant every day. Speak to somebody new. Um, you know, those kind of things just to get your mind into the space of being open and receptive. Okay, good. Um, so that, that's the kind of the second practice. The third practice is key, and that's called let go. And this is really how we um, overcome, you know, those orthodoxy heuristics and biases. If we, we make you start solving a problem from a place that you'd never start, start from. And this is really hard for people to do. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, if you want to get out, we'd say, you know, spot the most ran, random things that you see that are unusual, or funny, or just odd, and summarize it in two words. So, you know, you know, no 13th would be one in a hotel. So you go, there's no 13th floor. So that's unusual. You know, just go out and about and spot things. Right. And everybody picks random words. But then we'll say, okay, start solving whatever your problem is, only using a set of those random words. Uh-huh. And you're like, what? Huh? You know, insane clown struggle bus. Right. What's that? So it's like, but human, the other thing, great thing about the human brain is it's ingenious. It can solve with Anything that's put in front of it. Right. It'll try and make connections and we'll do those things. So what we start doing is like, let's start with random words or, you know, people will get in their own way. You know, large organizations, so oh, we can possibly do that. Our culture wouldn't permit it. Um, the lawyers wouldn't allow it. The regulators wouldn't allow you to do it. Right. So we'll do things like takeovers. We'll say, okay, what would, you know, uh, Red Bull, the drinks make, how would they solve this problem? Mm -hmm. And then, you free them from those barriers that people set up, most of which are artificial, and they start making really groundbreaking ideas out of it. And they're like, okay, well, if, oh, they would do this. And they have very little knowledge of the other company, the other culture, but they have something in their mind of what they could do. Um, so we do a lot of those drills of trying to get people to start from the wrong place. Right. Another one we do is called Be Stupid. So, you know, if you have a group of particularly in, you know, people think highly of their intelligence, you know, uh, management consultants or academics who would never start from the stupid place. So we make people, you know, pair them up and they, they have to go against each other with the only response you can give of not stupid enough. And they have to come up with stupid and stupid ideas. And then you get everyone together and say, okay, what's the supreme stupid idea of our whole group? And they, you know, laughing, what have you, because it's ridiculous. And then you say, okay, that's where you've got to start solving from. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be, you know, how do you solve, you know, pre-K, you know, through fifth grade education issues in, in the cities? And, you know, the stupid thing could be, you know, uh, free liquor and handguns. Right. 
that's been ridiculous. Right? No one would start that. Right. But then you start saying, break that down. What is it? What, you know, what makes you know the handgun control, you know, gun control work? What What is about that that's interesting? Or you know, why Why do people liquor? How do they advertise? How do they get people to their products? And then you start saying, okay, solve that problem with those things. I got you. And that's when the human ingenuity kicks in and does that. Um, so that's a let go process. Uh huh. You find it's really hard to to, do, to start doing. I imagine, like, my, you, do you find that most people are not really receptive? Because it seems like it's very uh, a very creative process oriented type of uh, practice. There, do you find that most people are not really uh, willing to enter that when it comes to problem solving? They really struggle at first. Um, you know, it's, it's you know the complication of the brain. You can almost hear the synapses cracking as they're trying to, to do this. Right. Um, but people get into it, so somewhat easier. And it's, it's all a personal thing. Some people find random word really easy, and they can they can jump to it. Some people find a, a, a takeover kind of exercise easy, um, and some people just find it really really hard. Uh, but what we'll find is people have worked with for a longer period of time. They step in, and they can just start doing it instantly. Okay. And it's like, you know, like the kind of plasticity of the mind is, is you know, you re- rewire it to think right. in a way that allows you to start from odd places. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard for people. Um, and, you know, we'll often do these sort of exercises back to back to back to back. We're often doing four of them in a row uh-huh. just to try and get people... In, into a mindset where, you know, it's it's okay for them mentally to do it and it's okay culturally um, to say silly things. You know, it's really uncomfortable in many organizations to say something that comes in your head and just shoot it out there. Yeah. Um, so, I bet yeah. a lot of I bet a lot of organizations are probably I mean would shut that down right away. It's probably not standard practice like you mentioned in the book a little bit. Absolutely not. No, no. It's it, it's definitely a permission thing and you know, people there's a premium on being right in organization. Right. And when you're going through this organization, this, this process, it's not about being right. It's just creating possibilities, jamming things together. And one of the things we'll do is you've got to say it out loud. When you have a dumb idea, just say it. Right. Don't debate it. Don't try to explain it. Just put it out there. And one of the things about saying things out loud is it destigmatizes it. It gives it strength. Um, and it's like a jazz band. So, you know, if there was a jazz band and everyone had earmuffs on and no one could hear what the other person was saying, uh-huh. it was terrible. So it's the idea that, you know, people can riff off each other, build off each other, and it's very fast, so, you know, you've just got to remove those uh, innovations about um, it being a bad idea and being, you know, it's just two words in a post-it note or a few words in a post-it note. It's not career-defining. It's okay. Just put it out there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's tough for people, yeah. It's, so, um, that's interesting, that's, man. Really interesting. Keep going. Okay, so the that's the first three parts. Be bold, get out, let go. Um, and then we move into make stuff. And the idea of making stuff is that, you know, kind of traditional design prototyping, but we'll, we'll do it in many different ways. And, again, this is, you know, if I say the word green to you, um, you know, you could be, I don't know what you're imagining, and you don't know what I'm thinking. You know, right now I'm looking at a, a beautiful green bush uh-huh. that's that. but you could be looking at the a painted copper on a, a top of a state building and it's green but it doesn't mean anything to you until I show you it and describe it like, oh that's what you mean 
so but when you start making things, we start to understand what other people are saying more. Right. Um, also through making, we, we understand the problem more. It's, you know, if anybody's you know, ever done anything from writing code to, you know, changing an oil filter on a car or anything, it's like you understand the problem more when you're doing it. Right. It's, you know, you're involved more. So that's a kind of a key part of problem solving is really understanding the nature of the problem. And we don't actually under, we truly understand the nature until we start trying to solve um, and we start to make it. Um, so we, we do a lot of, you know, very uh, kind of quick and dirty prototypes. Like hand, a lot um, of hands-on stuff, in other words. Absolutely. And then we have uh, something we call Bet Small, or, um, which is, you know, you know, again, the, a traditional orthodoxy is, you know, project planning, let's work it out, let's work out every possible thing that could go wrong and how do we mitigate it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just a 12-month plan, which we all know is crap. Right. Um, but it happens anyway. So it's like, okay, let's just start somewhere and make it small. And what's, what's an affordable loss for you to make? So if this thing doesn't work out, you're not betting the house. Down right, somewhere. right. So a lot of le- less risk, in other words, and so with that, Absolutely. maybe a lot of less fear. People aren't, you know, we we can say, okay, let's do it, you know, because we're not we're not rolling all the dice here. Yeah, so, and it's and it's the other thing we say it's focused on is, you know, people start and say, what's the return on investment? Uh huh. It's like it's far too early to know. I right. don't know. I don't even know what the problem is. Right. So it's like, so we let's say, what's the what's the learning from investment? What is it that we want to learn at this point? And, you know, and it's like, how do you measure success? Like, well, we've learned something. Right. And this kind of goes against the, you know, fail fast thing. It's like, no, I don't want to fail. Failing is, when I've learned something, I just go do it again. Right. I, well, yeah. I, I don't like, want to do that. I was going to say, like you said, the uh, a, a lot of people's view of success is quite different from yours. And, and so for you, success may not necessarily be uh, coming to a positive outcome, but learning a lot on the in the process. In other words, right? Am I right there? Absolutely. So, so you know, some of the most exciting uh, advancements comes from you know what people may call failures. But really, it's just like I just learned something amazing. Right. And it's just like you know that could be incredible. Or the fact that you do a small bet and you learn not to do it. So you know what? We shouldn't do this. That's a, that is a successful outcome. Absolutely. But we've had so much. Po- Political capital in an organization and money and planning is going to do it. It's like, we're just going to plow this thing through and we're going to keep going. It's like, why do you need to stop? You know, you know yeah. so many, it's like, that was never, it didn't meet the impact it wanted. It didn't, like, because you just didn't stop. The thing was wrong. So when you, you know, when you start small and you focus on the learning, um, and the other thing we say is focus on the hardest questions first. Uh-huh. The hardest thing. What's the hardest question? What's the thing that's likely to kill us? Let's start there. Because, again, a traditional orthodoxy is let's show we're making progress. Right. You know, let's meet our milestones and our checkpoints and all these things. And we'll, we'll check things off the list that are really easy to do first. And it shows progress. But you, in your mind, you know, the thing that's going to kill us, we haven't even got to yet. So yeah. Start with the hardest thing. If you can answer the hardest questions, the thing that's most likely to kill it as soon as you can. That's great. That's you know that's a really good thing. And if if the thing's not going to work, celebrate it. Why it's not going to work? What did we learn? Right. And what do we do next out of that? Um, so that is again not a traditional approach 
So, um, that, well, it was, I think it was a Betsmall. Yeah, Betsmall. Well, little... All of this is, is, is move fast. It's the final practice. Uh-huh. And, you know, anyone who's had a, you know, works on a project will try to make change in organization. Time kills all. Right. You leave something long enough, it's going to get killed. Right. Um, you know, an email debate will, will kill any change. Absolutely. Ever, you know? So <laughs> we'll say, how, it's not about moving fast, it's just like, you know, quit the debate, but, you know, leverage the wisdom that we know that we have um, and remove the posture, remove the politics, let's just go forward and, you know, give it a go. And so, you know, that could be sorting things, it can be just, you know, how, how do we, uh, often in our, there's a lot of divergence when you come up with, you know, think, you know, the, the let go practice, a lot of ideas are created. How do you converge? So we use a move fast for a lot of convergence, um, just to get agreement quickly on things to just enough agreement to move forward. Um, so, you know, we get to that area where we're moving fast just to get momentum, uh, for, for people to, to progress their ideas without them being killed. Um, and, you know, you can move fast throughout in any meeting. You just say, okay, this meeting is going to result in another meeting that's going to look very similar to it. So we'll say, okay, well, how, we have drills and things that enable people to very quickly come to consensus and just move on, which is kind of what most people in the room want to do. Right. Get, um, get, get the thing started, get it up off its feet, and then you can work through the creative process as it's going as well. Absolutely, because most of the posture and things up front, it's probably wrong. Right. Like, you know, yeah. You don't really know. It's like, you know, if, you, if you're a startup, it's just like get it to market. You know, your customer service can say what people say they'll do, but put something in market, you'll actually see what they do. Yeah. And it's just like get, get that fast. Um, so, yeah, that, that is kind of the six main practices of the, of the think wrong problem solving system. That's, uh, that you know, it's, it's really fascinating to me because. What you're talking about here is getting your changing your mindset, getting a different perspective, looking at things uh, from different angles and the things that you have to do uh, to, to be able to change your environment, to be able to change what you do, maybe kinesthetics, your body motions, getting started on a project and making stuff. All of that kind of like feeds into changing the way you think. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it you know it starts with tricking your mind, right? It, you know, it, you're kind of like hacking um, your brain almost in a way. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, the brain is this amazing tool, but you know it was built for a time to help us not be eaten by saber-toothed tigers. It's like stay to the path, go off the path. Something's going to be hiding, right? Um, you know, go down the path. We know where the safe strawberries are to eat. Well, that's kind of why we evolved to survive, but. You know, we're beyond that. The thing is, our brain didn't evolve kind of fast enough with us. It's an amazing device. It's got ingenuity. It's all these things. But my God, does it really strive to stop us right. from changing. And it's really good at it, at preventing that. And then, so you put a whole bunch of those brains together, and, you know. It can just shut well. things down. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. It's funny how you when you that, that's very interesting to me how you talk about how our brain it's almost like how our brain conspires against us to prevent us from doing things and one of the things that was uh that I've kind of looked at is how 
how so often our brain operates on autopilot without us even thinking about it based on our past experiences or our environment or something like that. And the things that you talk about in the book are really kind of ways to trigger that and to get out of that autopilot mode. Yeah, it's um, and it, it's not only that, the brain will massively overweight something you've done before. Right. Whether it's better or worse than what's an alternative option, it'll just overweight the thing that it knows isn't going to kill it. Right. Yeah, so and you're, and you're stuck in that you're stuck in that practice almost. Whether it was good or bad, as long as it didn't kind of destroy you, you kind of like are forced into that mode. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it's it, it's a great survival technique. Yeah. But it's, it's not actually a, a great thing for um, innovating and changing. Right. Um, you know that's that's just not a, what it's it, it, that's not what it's evolved to do. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Let me ask you this question. Uh, I know that these things have been very positive, uh, and I've read some of the reviews. I've watched the TED Talk, I think, from one of your co-authors, um, and we'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes at the end if, if anyone's interested in checking that out. But uh, has this have these practices helped you, say, in your personal life? Uh, how have they helped you personally, and can do you think they can be beneficial for our listeners in their own lives? Not just saying, not just saying like business and things like that, but in person, in your personal life. Oh, absolutely. The um, you know, it's uh, we have these sessions called the Blitz. The, one of the unfortunate side effects. I don't know if it's unfortunate or not, but the side effect is that people change their jobs after going through the process. No kidding. <laughs> um, they, they, you know, I did. It's so I was uh, Greg and John, my my partners. Um, I was I was invited to that blitz session as an outsider, which uh-huh. is you you invite somebody in that has no knowledge of the actual problem space, that are smart and interesting and just can apply things. So they invited me, and I said, "This thing's amazing, right? You need to write a book. Yeah, you need to productize this because I'm a product guy." And they said, "That's great. You should do that." Yeah, and so you know it was. It's it's a very um, it's it's an emotional process. It's you know we've had people crying in events. Right. Uh, we have a drill called Yes and, which is about um, you know the, the the traditional thing people do is like the, they think the job is to find a problem in something and, and, and crush it. And this was a guy in his, his mid fifties, and we'd done a drill called Yes and, um, which is you've got to plus people. You, you're not allowed to say yes but. You've got to make it bigger. You can right. make it more fantastic. You've got to encourage them. And he spent his entire career yes butting. Right. And he cried. And he's just like, I've, I've done this in my career. I've done this in my life. And, you know, we often say it's like, if you count the number of times you say yes but or no to people, the people you do it most to are your family. Right. It's like, you know, the number of times where you, you know, you know the wife saying something or your child saying it's no, no, yeah. no, but, yes, but. Right. And those kind of things. It's like, it sucks. So yes, and is a very powerful tool. Um, you know, and probably personally I, I, as I, I, well, we probably do that to ourselves. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, you know, it's what, entrepreneurial. You can, you can doubt yourselves all the time. It's, it's the most natural thing to do is doubt yourself as an entrepreneur. And you've gone through the kind of the valley of sorrow. This is a terrible idea. What am I doing? Yes, ending yourself can get you out of a lot of things. Yeah, it's you know just plussing on that. It's a it's a positive. I'll just be bold. It's just like, why are you doing this? Just go back to the idea of 
you know, what's the impact I want to make? Right. It's, you know, I could, I could, I could work for a software company that sells, you know, cross systems to insurance companies. And that's what I did for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's why I was put on this earth. Right. I was really good at it. And it was a great core system. Fantastic. But that's, that, I don't think that was the impact that I can have as an individual. So it's kind of like, what's my moonshot? Right. You know, what's the, what's a crazy thing I could do? Yeah. Um, How can you make a dent in the know, universe? In other words, you say that about Steve Jobs in your book there. Absolutely. It's like, what, what, what do you want to do with it? You know, the limited number of rotations around the sun that we're going to make as right. an individual. Like, what is it? And it's like, just be bold about it. You know, because it's, there's so many people in their jobs are just depressed. Right. But yeah, I show up and I do it. You know, we go into companies and we'll ask, you know, the big, just tough why questions. Why are you here? Why does this organization even exist? Get back to this because somebody started it. Somebody was passionate about growing it. And then it just became a giant glacier that just keeps advancing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh. So it's like, you know, asking people those, those kind of tough questions of, um, of why, uh, what impact do you want to make? Right. What's the bold path you can make? Yeah. We have a very simple drill that's called deflection point, which is, you know, and anyone that's not driving can do this, which is just close your eyes and imagine what your life will be like in five years time if nothing changes. And it's really easy to do. Like, right. Oh, okay. And it's, you know, it's why predictive analytics works because if what's happened in the past keeps going, this is what's going to happen. You're like, great. Is that what you want? And if it is, that's fine. You know, some people are very happy. With yeah. That but there's a lot of people that just like, it's not, I want a bold path. Right. So then you say, okay, what's the bold path that you can take? What would it look like if, you know, this amazing 2D state would exist? And they, they, you get to ask them to describe it. Um, and then, you know, you ask, okay, what are the anchors that can hold you back? What are the anchors that can stop you? And what are the rockets that can propel you? Just so you can be aware of them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can ask, of those anchors that are going to pull you back, how, what can you do to turn them into rockets that can propel you up? Right. Um, and, you know, you, you just put these things out. It's like, you can make huge changes. There's Greg, our other partner, he, um, he has formed a friendship with Billy Deck, uh, who's often on... Um, you know, the Today Show. And right. He's a really interesting guy. And his personal story is he started a whole bunch of restaurants in Chicago, and that's what he loves doing. And then he did the think right approach. He's my, I'm successful. I've grown my business. I'm going to go to, you know, get an MBA, and I'm going to run this business really efficiently. And he did that. And he got really depressed. Right. And he's like, he's like, I'm just unhappy. And so Greg drew the diagrams out for him. And he goes, oh. He said, and Greg was like, you're just doing the wrong thing. Yeah. You, you love exploring this space. Like, do that. Just hire someone who's really good and loves operating. Right. So then the next thing we heard from Billy Deck is, hey, do you want to fund my movie? No kidding. Like, you know, so he's, he's putting, you know, he took it so much to heart. He's just like, you know, I'm, I'm doing my food. I do these things. And, you know, it's, a, it's just an amazing guy. And he wants to explore the space. So instead of being the CEO of his restaurant company, he's just like, I want to start a movie company. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, there you go. So, it's, you know, it, it works on so many levels. You know, yeah. we say the, the tool is um, it's problem agnostic. So whether it's in a large organization or it's individual, mm-hmm. you know, we all have problems. 
Well, and, yeah. personally as well. And it was amazing. It's amazing to hear about how that, you know, these principles can really help individuals to get out of uh, maybe, you know, complex or difficult situations or even situations where they're bored. They don't find any real fulfillment and to really explore the question of purpose, passion, uh, to give them motivation to really step out and do something. And even if it is betting small, but just to get started. Absolutely. And that's the, that, that kind of that first step. So is the hardest one. Yeah. You can doubt yourself to death. Yeah. And it's just like step back. You know, we've, we had a guy that, um, the, the, the company went through kind of chapter 11. So he was freed from it. So he blitzed himself. Right. It's just like, you know, Hey, and, and he, he to the extent that he got all his friends around and he's just like, I'm going to get 20 of my people that I respect, that I find interesting, and we're going to blitz me. So, which is just a fascinating way to, you know, uh, to kind of really trust the wisdom of people that you know and respect. Is right. To, you know, do all this against me, um, which is, you know, an interesting challenge space. It's like, you know, I've lost my job, but I'm doing it. This is a great opportunity. It's like, you know, maybe, you know, that was a misstep, but I want to do something amazing. Yeah. So what would I do? And, you know, getting 20 of his friends around to do it. Yeah. It was fascinating. That's amazing. Hey, do you guys have um, like an online course or a, you know, a Think Wrong Blitz for individuals that they can maybe log onto the website and say, hey, I would like to take this course and it maybe would be a video thing or something? Do you have anything like that developed? Um, that would be a great idea. Yes, man. Um, yes. But we what we have right now is we obviously have the book and then we have a, a companion website that goes with it. Right. Uh, Thinkwrongbook.com. And that gives, I think, 18 of the drills. Uh, uh-huh. following instructors on how to do them. Um, we, we run master classes, um, you know, that individuals can sign up for um, once a quarter. And, you know, that's three days super intense. And, right. you know, it's uh, an emotional experience for people. But, you know, we do a lot of work with um, transitioning um Vets, that right. we, we for for our, for masterclass, uh, we give four full scholarships to um, active duty uh, reservists, right. vets, uh, many of whom are transitioning out. So you yeah. know they're really blitzing themselves because mm-hmm. they're going from a, a very uh, you know the environment of the military, and it's okay now I'm released. Right. What 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 do I do? Uh, huge transition. So right. you know, they often they come in, learn the skill set. Um, and, uh, and you know, applying it to the to themselves as they as they transition out of the military. Right. Um, so yeah. So you know, say people come to the classes. We we do need to build an online one. And if anyone's got a great way of doing that, we would love to hear it. Yeah, that might be something I would I'd be interested in kind of maybe thinking about that, because one of the things I think that it would be beneficial to our listeners is and we talk about and uh, I talked about in one of our other podcasts, the idea of purpose, you know, the purpose effect, what 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 effect does having a purpose have on your life? And for people that are finding themselves unfulfilled or they're finding themselves in a place where they know they need to make a transition, they know they need to do something different and their brain has kind of stuck them and, and prevented them from moving out. If there was a an online course or something that they could do and just getting the ball rolling as a beginning process, I think that's I think that's a great opportunity. Yeah. So and the, so the next thing was kind of you know we're we're very confident in what we have right now, but what we realized is you know uh, 
and we're really in, you know, get to the point where, you know, where you're forming hypotheses right. about, you know, and, and proving hypotheses. But, you know, when we, we work with a lot of startups and big businesses, but we realize it's the same process, this big kind of big process that happens for individuals to the largest corporations in the world. And it starts with, what's the strategy? You know, what, what, what are my imperatives? And that's, you know, person, if it's a person, it's like, what are my personal imperatives? Right. There you go, okay. And then you frame, what are the big, what are the big challenges that that brings up, you know, in, in your life? It's like, right. okay. So, well, you know, really ask what are the hard challenges that that brings up? Um, which is something people often kind of miss. They just go for, I've got a great idea without going back and saying, well, why does that matter to me? And is this something I should be doing? Um, so you, you identify is your, your the personal strategic imperatives. What are the big challenges that present? How do I generate, what, what is a whole portfolio of hypotheses I could have to address those challenges? Right. So then I've got all these things, okay. And then you go, okay, you know, if you're a startup or individual, it's like, how do I incubate that? And incubation is really answering three questions, which is, is it wanted? Can I do it? Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And it's three really important questions. Right. You know, and, and worth it is, that's just not like economic viability. That's like, is that impact? Is that just worth it to me in that really deep sense? Then you go, okay, so then if I can answer those three questions, you go and say, I'm going to accelerate that. Here's my plan to actually go. And, you know, I know this thing's worth doing. Here's my plan for the next period of time. It should be quite fast. You know, 12 months, I'm going to give myself 12 months to get there. And at the end of that 12 months, I've, I've, I've learned a whole bunch. Yeah. I know that this is it's strategically important to me. It right. addresses a tough challenge, and I know I can do it. And then what I'd say is, now I'm going to launch it. I'm just going to go big with this thing. And, you know, that can be a company or your life. It's like, I'm going to do it after, you know, 12 to 18 months. And then you're going to kind of scale and operate. Right. Like, how do I scale this thing up, make it, you know, worthwhile? And then, then, I'm, in, then I'm on my new status quo. All right? I've gone through this big transitional change. Now back to operating, but I'm I'm operating in a new space. Which, you know, I'm operating in my destination of where I wanted to be, yeah. like, to be safe. Um, and that's what startups do. That's what you know ventures in large companies do. It's like that's what individuals do. It, you know, yeah. that whole process is the same, just just, just on different scale, levels, just different scale, to. right? Yeah, but it's like you apply those same principles to everything. And, you know, that's what we do in our business, you know, on a daily basis. It's like, you know, it's, you know, as a startup, it's just like we're, we're asking those tough questions too. Mm-hmm. And it's like we do it in, you know, uh, our same life. It's like right now, you know, I live in San Francisco. It's, that's a tough place to live. It's very expensive. Right. It's, you know, we've got a young child. So we're making a transition. We're going to move to Bend, Oregon. So we went through that kind of process. It's, you know, of what what's the strategy? It's like, you know, what's, not working here. What's the challenge? What's the incubate the idea? It's like let's go check out cities around America. Yeah, and it was find Bend, Oregon. Like this place is great. Yeah, like it a lot. You know, good schools. Blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, how how do we get there? It's like, okay, let's. What's the exit strategy and what's uh-huh. the end, entry strategy? And we, you know, we're doing, we're going through that. It's, it's a kind of a, it's a startup in our lives. Right. You know, big change, and we're going from one. Our status quo right now is is what it is, and you know we're we're going to go through this step change to a new status quo. It's going to take us 
a period of time. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it, you know, it's a, it's a problem solving approach that just applies to, to to everything that you know we do in our lives as individuals, and then you know you try and do it in an organization, and it's, you know it's different. Right. So it's kind of left in the game almost. I think it's really awesome, and I, and I think you know for people that are stuck in the status quo, uh, personally, uh, not not just businesses but individuals. It's a great, yeah. great process to get out of that, to, to try to find ways to change and to get things moving in a positive direction. It's really, really great, man. I think it's really, really, uh, really smart. And you guys are doing a great job. Thanks. Yes. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. And I think, you know, there's a lot of what you're talking about there that I think could be really really powerful for individuals, you know, um, how in the world can you, uh, scale that down on a personal level? Because, you know, there, from the people I talk to, there's a lot of people that are stuck, you know, and are trying to find a way it's like, and, and what you're talking about is our brain operates against us. It keeps us stuck there. We have difficulty finding, we have difficulty being bold and getting out and do and doing all the things that you talk about in the book for individuals. I think it could be extremely, extremely beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, yeah, we we do it to ourselves on a regular basis. Yeah, you know? well, you guys are steeped in it, right? I mean, that's what you do all the time, Absolutely. and you can apply that personally. But for people that are stuck, it's like you know they need like some kind of a a process or something like that, some type of a course or something that can get them beginning to think wrong. You know, the drills that you yeah. guys teach to businesses, if. You know, and when you talk about the think wrong blitz and people like blitzing themselves to give them some type of thing. And so I think the book can really help with that and uh, can be powerful for people. So great, great. Excellent. Well, hey, uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been really, really great and incredibly interesting. And I love what you guys are doing. I appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you very much, Alex. That's, uh, you know, it's been my pleasure. Yeah. We, We love, you know, we love sharing it and, you know, this is not some secret thing that we want to keep to ourselves. We want as many people as we can doing this and thinking about it. I think it's a, it's a great way to solve you know, individual and global problems if, if people start thinking wrong about them. Excellent. And the book is called Think Wrong, How to Conquer the Status Quo. And the company is Future Partners. And Mike, again, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure again. Thank you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that interview with Mike Byrne, co-author of Think Wrong. Some incredible insights there about changing our thinking and changing our life. And so uh, that's a wonderful book. You can find a link for that on our show notes, which will be linked in this podcast. So take a look at that. And I'm going to give you my top takeaway. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from speaking with Mike is having to deal with the first principle, which means be bold. And that has to do with having a purpose. What do you really want to do in life? It's time to take a step out and be bold, to dare to do something different. Of course, it's difficult sometimes to get out of that because our brain, as Mike mentioned, kind of conspires against us. But the first step is to begin dreaming about taking that step. And so I want to encourage you this week, dream big, be bold. Think about what you're here to do. Again, thanks for listening and have a great week. 